Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. You want to see your options in real time online. Remember, folks. Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Boy, I was ready for it. I was ready for it, man. I was ready to come in here and look at Dabo Sweeney and say, brother, you earned it. You earned it, brother. Through all the struggle and strife with the media this year, and yeah, I, that part about it, real quick. That part about it, I don't know what to do with Dabo when it comes to that stuff. Like, there are people, it, maybe I just got up on the on the, on the the lucky side there. There are people who say he was such a jerk to deal with when we got him on radio shows. He was always pleasant. He's always been pleasant. And, yeah, whatever you need, I'll come on because he's a salesman. He, he was a literal salesman, and he sells his program. And for all the nasty things that we've had to say about Dabo Sweeney, us here in the media over the last year, and he has stuck his foot in his mouth. He absolutely has. There's been some things there that, boy, I don't know if you want to say those things in 2020. His players love him. His players love his ass to death. All the things that have been said, I mean, they love him. And he sells them like crazy. I mean, he will. If, if you have a player, if there's a player in need of a job and somebody asks about him, he will talk that guy up no matter what. We had him on. One time we had him on in Cleveland. This was right after Taj Boyd. And, I mean, Taj Boyd was playing in Canada. He goes, I don't know why you guys haven't called him yet. I don't know why you haven't done I He kept at it. Listen, this kid's one of the best. He's one of the best I've ever coached. He's a leader. You would love this guy. It, it was never like, well, you, you could do worse. Like, it's never like that. Like, he, he turned around any franchise. Like, he – whatever you want to say, whether he's lying or anything like that, he – he sold it to you. He sold it. It was almost televangel- televangelist stuff from Dabo. So it's a weird read on Dabo because it does feel like it's everybody against him. And I was ready. I, I thought that Clemson would-, would beat the brakes of Ohio State. I was wrong. <laughs> Let's get that right here. I really thought that they'd win by 10 to 14. I didn't think they'd win by 31 like they did a few years ago. I didn't think they'd do that. But I really did think – that they would win by 10, 14. That defense had not played very well all year. They'd been getting beat all year. Now, you didn't have Chris Olave against against Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game, but there were a lot of there was a lot of rhyme and reason to think that that Clemson would win that game and probably win that game by more than one possession. And I was ready to give credit where it's due. I go, this is a guy 
whether I grip my teeth for my teeth through it or whatever, this is a guy who, who who stuck his chest out there. He tried to walk back those comments, but you can't really walk it back when it's right there in ink. This is a guy who put his chest out there, talked about his football team, ended up being right. Well, guess what? You lost. And this is how she goes, because I got to go the other way. I was all ready. I was all ready to say, man, this is the, it's just, it's Dabo and it's Nick, and the rest of us are playing for third place. I was so ready to do it. So ready to do it. And then you lost. And then you didn't just lose, you got beat up while you lost. And we'll talk about the targeting coming up at 10.40 a.m. Eastern, okay? I got a, a, a ton of thoughts about that. But you went out and you lost, so now I got to do it this way. I do believe in college football, I believe in motivation. I believe in bulletin board material. And so even though you may roll your eyes and say, well, it's not that big of an issue or try to find find reasons X, Y, and Z, let me ask you this. If any one of Dabo Sweeney's players had been asked before this game, the week leading up to this game, whether or not that man thought that Ohio State should be in the college football playoff, and he says, you know, I just don't think he deserves it. I don't even think because they've only played six games, I don't think they're even a top 10 team. What do you think we would have done? What do you think the fans would have done? What do you think the media would have done? If, if player X from the Clemson Tigers would have said that, this is a, a me guy, a selfish person, a person that we will deride through the media, and has put his team at risk. So if a player does it, if a player would have done it, we would have done that. I got to do it for the guy who's supposed to know better. Because the 20-year-olds saying things, 20-year-olds talk trash all the time. 20-year-olds are 20-year-olds. 20-year-old men, that's what they do. They're emotional beings. I just throw them in there at 20. They're all young, especially on these two teams. To hell with it. I say they're all 20 years old. They ain't even old enough to drink. They're old enough to have drama. They're old enough to have girlfriends who they have drama with. They're old enough to send text messages where they have drama. They're old enough to go to class where there's probably more drama. They're old enough to live in dorms or live in houses or be in fraternities. Well, there is certainly drama there. Nobody does trash talk quite like a 20-year-old man. Nobody. You know what? I take that back. A 45- to 55-year-old woman might do trash talk better. I've seen Real Housewives, okay? So second to only 45- to 55-year-old women on Real Housewives in New York. 20-year-old men, they can talk some trash. And so when you, who is a man in his late 40s, I forget how old Dabo is. Do you know how old Dabo is right off the top of his head? I'll tell you this. I don't know how old he actually is. He's old enough to know better. As a man who's old enough to know better, how you put it in ink, how you actually just have the stones He's 51 years old. He's sure as hell old enough to know better. How you get the stones, how you get the pills to go out and say, all right, here's my pen and here's my paper and here's my top 10. I'm putting Ohio State 11th. Oh, 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 you are, are you? Okay. Yeah, that's not going to resonate at all. And before the game, 
They've had the score. They've had the score of that game throughout the entire year in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It's always been up there. They feel they got they got hoodwinked in that game. They feel they got run amucked on the by the by their officials in that football game. Justin Fields had a hurt knee. They feel they've been robbed and they've been out for revenge. Hell, they they probably still have that Michigan clock up there because the, the rivalry is supposed to be important, but they know that they'll just roll over Michigan anyway, so they just left that score up there for the entire year. Yeah, we'll probably play Clemson again because this is what everybody wants. They want to see if we can finally climb the mountaintop and beat Clemson for the first time ever. And I haven't seen anybody in Clemson get hit like that since, yeah, you know who, and you know when, 1978. Come on, it's an easy joke. How you would do it as a 51-year-old man on a public ledger that God and everybody can see, sir, you have lost your mind. There is a reason that it's called coach speak, Dabo. There's a reason for it. It's because emotional people with emotional outcomes who are motivated can influence the outcome of a football game. And for you, yeah, you know, you went to the national championship last year and you lost to a good LSU team with a great quarterback and it was one of the best stories in college football history, and I mean that sincerely. But you've won before and you've had guys who have been there to the mountaintop and they've been there with you. They have won a national championship with you. Ryan Day already has the natural built-in motivation. Urban's gone you have you have Urban gone. You have Ryan Day who takes over. It's 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 a it's a new program. You have a guy who's hungry to, to put himself out there. Maybe someday Ryan Day will be in the same position as you. You have a guy who's hungry to put his put himself out there. You have a really talented. They're always two, three, or four in the rankings in recruiting ranking rankings. Usually two, maybe one every now and then. You have a dangerous, talented football team that you went out and you motivated that you went out and you motivated. And so they didn't just beat you yesterday. They beat you down and they embarrassed you. Justin Fields got rocked and looked like he was playing with his guts hanging out. And he threw all over you. This was Steve Spurrier, Danny Warfel, you need to stop it. I'm not taking my foot off the gas. I'm sitting there watching this game going, why aren't they running? Oh, because they're trying to prove a point. And they did that. And for Dabo Sweeney, I hope there's a lesson learned because you can never not learn throughout the rest of your life. You never know everything. And at 51 years old, I don't think his players learned a lesson. I think Dabo learned a lesson. Don't be so stupid. I mean that. Don't be so stupid. Don't don't give 20-year-old emotional people better reasons to go after you. Don't do that. I I cannot stress that enough. This is why we make a big deal about this type of stuff. And some people said, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, my ass, it's not that big of a deal. You think it wasn't a big deal to Ohio State? You think it wasn't a big deal to a big deal to Ryan Day? He's throwing 60-yard bombs are up by 21. Fourth quarter. Think what a big deal that guy? It's a big deal. Personal problems are a usual big deal. And coaches take anything they can. And how you, as a sane individual, a leader of young people, can get out a pen and a paper, 
a week before the biggest game to date and put a potential opponent at number 11. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It really is. And I have to say it's dumb, and I have to rub your nose in it, because if it were one of your players, that player would be reprimanded. That player who really doesn't know any better because he's 20 years old and that's what 20-year-olds do. They talk trash. They say silly things. They're 20. That's what I did when I was 20. That's what everybody listening did when they were 20. That's what you do. You would have rubbed his nose in it. We would have rubbed his nose in it. We would have went after him. We'd be going after him today about that type of thing. Whether good or not, I'm not sure. But you're the man. You're the 51-year-old. You're the grown-up in this situation. And you gave another team that has talent. wasn't like you were playing, I don't know, it wasn't like you were playing BYU. BYU has talent. I don't want to take shots at BYU or Coastal or Cincinnati or anything like that. You took a team that has talent that we couldn't say wasn't one of the most talented teams in the country. We could argue whether or not they deserve to be there. Hell, there's a lot of reasons why I'd agree with that. But we couldn't argue about the talent, and you just gave them every single motivation in the world. They'd been sitting there thinking of you for a year. An entire year thinking about you, thinking about that loss, thinking about whether or not they got jobbed or whatever, and they were going to have their chance, and you do this? It is, quite honestly, one of the dumbest things I think I've seen a coach do before a game. And I come from an area where a coach has done something pretty stupid before a game. I liken this, if if it's from where I'm from, and I, I just have you here for the next three and a half hours, so I'm going to tell you where it's I'm from. It's last year, Brown Steelers, Freddie Kitchens wearing the Pittsburgh started it shirt. Well, my daughter told me to wear it. Well, you're the grown-up. You should know better. You should know that there are photo opportunities and there are people always looking at you because you're a head coach of an NFL football team. You're the grown-up. You're the adult. You're the one who needs to make the decision. My son begs me for treats, and my son begs me to go out and drive cars all the time. My son's five years old. I don't let him. Well, my son told me to do it. It doesn't matter. My son's five. I'm the one who's supposed to know better. That's why I'm the parent, and he's the son. And you're the coach, and they're the players, and there is still always going to be a hierarchy where you're supposed to know better. And you didn't know better. And Freddie Kitchens did something stupid last year. It was stupid. And gave motivation to a team that didn't need motivation. And I can't believe with professionals we're talking about motivation because that's how special motivation can be. Because there's every reason to not be motivated at these levels, and you gave them motivation. And it's the same thing for Dabo Sweeney. It's been a six-game wonky season for Ohio State where they didn't even get to play their chief rival, which, well, I mean, we can argue whether or not Clemson's a bigger rival than Michigan right now. They didn't even get to play their chief rival. Their defense was not what it was supposed to be. That guys who had to go, guys who got hurt. It, it, it was just a weird season where the Big Ten gave every single reason for you to hate them, and they made all these changes to let Ohio State in. You really could have done the world of college football service. You could have done the world of the, the eight-team playoff guy a service if you would have just really kept your mouth shut. And maybe Ohio State would have beat you anyway. But at least I wouldn't have to aim anything at you this afternoon or this morning about how stupid of a decision it really was. And I have to underline damn stupid of a decision it was to sit there and put Ohio State at number 11. You could put just about anybody else there except Alabama, except Notre Dame, except any other team. You put Ohio State there, getting ready to play there. It's one of the silliest decisions ever, and it really should live in infamy.
I do think Alabama wins the national championship. Watching them over this year and watching them multiple times, boy, they look like a train wreck of unbelievable proportions. And I mean train wreck that they will wreck everybody they play. I do think Alabama wins. It will probably be a little tighter than I think because Ohio State played with a lot of heart last night. Maybe they, that's where they left it, and we'll see what happens next week. I think Alabama will win the national championship game, but this has to go down as one of the biggest disappointments because it was in your hands to at least give your team a shot, and what you did was something hilariously silly. So to the victor goes the spoil. And Ohio State gets their first win over Clemson. Justin Fields did great things for his team. Justin Fields did great things for his future last night. To play through that injury, you could tell, I don't know what happened to him. Particularly, there is a serious injury on that young man. He played his ass off. Chris Olave might have been the best player on the field last night. Trevor Lawrence, under duress the entire game. Doesn't change a damn thing for him. Offensive line, I had not seen a Clemson offensive line get befuddled like that in a long time. I really can't remember when. Maybe when Pitt got him, that's about the best I could think of. Jackson Carmen, no relation, on skates. I've never seen – Ohio State has prided itself on defense at times. This defense was nowhere near where they wanted it to be. We knew the offense was going to be pretty decent. We didn't know that the defense was going to be as rough as it was, and the defense was very rough. Sean Wade has had, as much as I feel bad for Sean Wade saying this because he and his father went on a crazy campaign to try to get Big Ten football reinstated. They believe they've done some good. Whether or not they did, who really knows, but they tried their asses off and they got college football going again. Sean Wade's had a rough year, and you were still taken care of offensively. I don't think this is just because a coach who is a good one, a coach who's still one of the best in the generation, made a goofball, dummy decision and didn't remember that what you're doing is public. What you're doing is out there for everybody to see. I don't think it's just based on that. I don't think it's just based on that. You could, I, you can make an argument. You try to give me, well, one team was fresher. Okay, fine. I, I don't think that that team had played up to snuff. I don't think that that, play, that team really even, quote, unquote, deserved to be in there. I couldn't say they weren't one of the top four most talented teams because of where they recruit and how, how good they usually are. You could probably take it to the bank they are. Deserve was a different question. I can't say 100% unequivocally that they deserve to be in, but the college football playoff committee did what was best for business. And through all the Ohio State fans who are as happy as possibly could be, and rightfully so, and all the Ohio State players and staff and coaches who are as happy as they could be, and rightfully so, I don't know if there's anybody happier than the college football playoff committee because they can puff out their chest and say they told you so. Even if Ohio State goes out there and gets rolled by Alabama, it looks like Alabama could be a lot of teams in, in college football history this year. They are that good. They look to be that good. But we'll find out next week. It's not based on just one silly decision that Dabo Sweeney made. There were a ton of great plays by Ohio State. There were a ton of head-scratching plays that were made by Clemson. Might have been one of them nights they woke, they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Or they got up 7 nothing, and then they got up 14-7 and just figured Ohio State would do what Ohio State does. Young people make those decisions, and they make those mistakes. But make no mistake about it. While this is not the actual reason why Clemson lost, we love legends in college football. We love stories in college football. 
The tale will be told for a long time to come. I don't know what you name it. The Ohio State ranked 11th game, number 11 versus number 2. I don't know what you call the damn thing. But this is going to be something that's talked about for a while. And it was because Dabo just forgot that these are really public things that can get people worked into a shoot. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. You saw both games yesterday. I want to know what you thought Ohio State-Clemson. We'll get to that targeting rule coming up at 1040. I promise you that. Also, Alabama-Notre Dame got thoughts on that. Did the committee get it right? I think they did. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's all you this first hour, not till 1140. We don't have a guest till 1140 today. 11.40 a.m. Eastern, I beg your pardon. Matt Verderam going to join us. Fansighted.com. Pierno, you think he's awake yet? Oh, yeah, that was uh, last time he did not answer <laughs> on the phone, right? Yeah. We're going, I think we woke his ass up. 1240 p.m. Eastern, Brandon Marcella going to join us, uh, 24-7 sports. I think Justin Fields did a lot for himself last night. I, I thought that was a hell of a performance. There was a lot of questions. You know, Herb Street had, Herb Street had brought out that he was he started to become locked in on, on certain receivers, Alave, for, for instance, there, and he's, he's still a guy where, see, this is what makes it tough. Let me get the phones here in just a second, 855-2124-CBS. This is what makes it tough. A guy like Justin Fields, you have to come out. There's no staying anymore. There's just none. I love talking about the quarterbacks in, in, in this type of issue because then we just start to look for bad things. You know, last year, we started to look at Trevor Lawrence. Now, this year, I think it's been built right back up. Everybody loves Trevor Lawrence, and, and everybody thinks he's going to be great. And he probably will be great. But watching Trevor Lawrence last year, well, you know, there's some interceptions here, and then he really took off over the second half of the season. But he started out, he was a little bit in a fog, and he was trying to do a little bit too much. And there was some very critical media of his play. I thought the same thing really happened with Justin Fields, and it's explainable. They're young guys. They're young quarterbacks. It takes a minute to get that going. You have to simplify it, and they are better athletes than about 99% of the players on the field. Justin Fields is an incredible athlete. And you saw his arm strength last night. You saw a little bit of his accuracy last night. There were a couple of wobblers here and there, but he was fantastic. And plus, it was explainable since he was playing with – it looked like his organs were shut down there in the second half. He played a very great brand of football. And for Jets fans, maybe he sold himself to you last night. Alabama's going to bring another set of circumstances. Maybe it'll change by the end of next week. But I thought Justin Fields played a hell of a game. I thought he played a hell of a football game. And Dude, two weeks ago, pe- two weeks ago, people were jumping off the Justin Fields bandwagon yeah. after yeah. after the games against Indiana and Northwestern, yep. and then Zach Wilson had the great game. And listen, he had a great season, and then he had the yeah. great game, the Poker Atone Bowl. I mean, people were saying that Zach Wilson now had leaped over Fields, and he was going to be the second. And it was two days ago. And by the way, and, and that was explainable. Again, you didn't have Chris Olave last week. Against Northwestern. And so, and again, Herb Street, not me, Herb Street highlighted this, that he was locked in on one receiver, and yet up until then, Chris Olave had, what, 18 catches in the two weeks previous? So you get hooked up on that. He moved it around last night. Tight ends obviously got involved. Other wide receivers, yes, Chris Olave got involved. Other guys out of the backfield, Trey Sermon got involved out of the backfield. They did a lot of, he did a lot of good things yesterday that, I think a coach looks at that and goes, I can really work with that. That can be the future of my franchise. 
did a lot of good things. That if there's Jets fans out there listening, yeah, okay, now we're now we're talking here. Now we're now we're coming back to common sense about quarterbacks. Let me get to Tim in Charlotte. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Tim, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey Ken, you know what? Uh, twenty twenty ended, and you know there were a lot of people who were uh, down in the mouth about what happened. But then I listened to your show. And you got a positive spin on it, and I got to tell you, you and your crew, you guys are damn rock stars. You, well, thank you. <laughs> you're efficient and do a kick-ass job. And here's the beauty of it: um, Michael Jordan, as we all learned watching that series, you don't poke the bear, you don't poke the sleeping lion or tiger, whatever we're calling, it, because eventually that guy's skill level is going to rise up and just gobble you. And you talk about motivation, and maybe there was one or two words that maybe, you know, maybe it might not even have been Dabo Sweeney. It might have been some chatter down, you know, a week or so ago from somebody, and it woke it woke Ohio State up. But anyway, you slice it, yeah. you don't you don't poke the sleeping bear because or the you know what you know what I'm talking about. Of course, you, you, the, the the sad thing about it is I think our youth today accepts words as defeat and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give a shout out to my daughter she just had her second acl surgery and um anybody who knows anything about that that's Mm -hmm. that's a year that's a year in rehab and i'm a strength trainer and physical therapist and she doesn't want anything to do with me because she's like dad you're just crazy i don't even think you went to school i'm like i did look at the look at the paper but she's she said, Dad, I'm coming back, and I'm going to prove everybody wrong again. And I said, your motivation is high. She said, Dad, I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it for anybody else. And I think these guys do it a lot for themselves. It, yeah, it's a team, Ohio State's a team, Clemson. Uh, they, they do it for the team, but, boy, you you push somebody back, and they want to rise up. And the Ken Carmen show Ken, comes on. I work. I, I do something different on the weekends. I go outside and I cut trees for the Department of Forestry. Okay. It's totally different than what I do. And I see I'm just outside. It's like a cleansing. And I can tell you, when I put on your show, it's a great it's a great motivator for me to keep going, keep working hard, keep doing whatever. And if you got kids and everything, dude, you're you're on the right path and and hats off to you and your crew there, man. Uh, Tim, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. I, and i got to let you go, and I thank you very much for the kind words. That's really, really nice. I didn't expect them this early. I thank you very much. I hope your daughter's doing well again, and I hope everything's fantastic. And what you say about it as far as words being something that these are people – you remember, th- these are 20-year-olds. I was listening – this is crazy. I was listening to a podcast, and I don't like to put over other, you know, other audible things, but we're, we're going to do it. I was listening to a podcast with a guy named James Petrogallo and Jimmy Wisman, and I think it was the Small Town Murder podcast. They got two. One's Crime and Sports, the other one's Small Town Murder. And some about, I think it was the Crime and Sports one where they were talking about you know bullying. And when I was a kid, and I wasn't a kid that terribly long ago, but when I was a kid, you know, we, we just had got text messaging, and even that was like you didn't have unlimited text, and usually you were taking your dad's phone or something like that. So it really wasn't that. There was AOL, and there was a lot of us who weren't even on AOL. I was, but there were some people who weren't. We were just getting into it, where there were there were words said at school, but then you'd go home and you'd deal with it at home, and then hopefully you had 16 hours off between school and, 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 and your day where you could just get away from things. you play your video games, you know, do whatever you wanted to. 
Now we are looking at a generation where these guys, I mean, you look at a 20-year-old Justin Fields or however old he is, you look at like a 20-year-old college kid, I mean, they've had communication devices now basically since they were, what, 9, 10 years old? And so words, whether we agree with it or not, and they can certainly be damaging, it, words are a true motivator to them. And when you take and when you say, well, it's it's a team sport, it is, and there are players who play for Clemson and they're passionate about Clemson football. They, they, they live it, they breathe it, they love it, they love that they're a part of it. It's an honor for them to wear the jersey. The same thing for Alabama, the same thing for Ohio State, it's the same thing for those schools. But you, at that level, at that level, you do see a lot of guys who, hey, I'm from Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, I didn't really grow up in it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to motivate it because I will take a personal affront because of what somebody said. Because somebody from up there said something, and I didn't like it. Personally, I didn't like it, so here we go. It's a personal motivator. And so when you say something or when you make a statement without even having to make a statement because you put it in writing, my God, when you do something like that, that is an extra motivator. Motivation alone didn't just win this game. If Ohio State had the players from the University of Akron, they would have got their clocks clean no matter what Dabo says. You got to be a really good team. You got to be really well coached. They had all those things. But don't tell me there's just not that little extra oomph because you put them 11th. And because honestly – you're a guy who should know better. You're 51 years old. You're a coach of a national program. I don't think Nick Saban would do that type of stuff. Nick Saban actually gets in, in little shouting matches, not shouting matches, but little sniping matches with media when they take shots at the opponents they play. He always brings up opponents. Tony Dungy was famous for that. They do that on purpose. They don't need any of that other stuff. They're used to players popping off and them having to tell their players, to, hey, knock it off. What are you doing? No extra motivation over there. We don't do that here. They're used to that. And you put them 11th in your poll. And then you tried to explain it the way the rest of the week. And then you tried to explain it away last night. Well, I always said they were good enough. I just didn't think that they deserved it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's going to sit well with a 20-year-old who plays with Ohio State, huh? 855-2124-CBS. Calls coming in like crazy. We'll get to all you guys. We're big in Alabama so far today. 855-2124-CBS. We will talk about Alabama, Notre Dame, and I don't know what to tell Brian Kelly, buddy. If the media, if the national narrative fits with the media, I guess you're just going to have to deal with it because this one fits, buddy. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now it's the latest sports update with, I believe, I'm hoping, Marco Belletti. Listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Let me tell you something. 855-2124-CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. 855-2124-227. It's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. All right, let me tell you more about... Oh, there's no more? Oh, my God. No. Erase it all. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't know who gave you that information, but it's wrong. I am so trained to do that read, and I just was like, well, it's 1040, and I always do that read at 1040. All right, fine. <laughs> that here is no go. longer running here on CBS okay. Sports Radio. Act like you didn't hear it. I've been doing that for like three years. Okay, well, guess what? I usually do it the other way. Now I guess you can go to my wife's friend from back home, and you can go get hoodwinked by him. 
Pierno knows that story. I always told the guy, I go, why are my rates going up? I'm like, yeah, just because you couldn't put the boots to my wife in high school, you're going to go ahead and put the boots to me. Boom. All right, fine. How about this? Tomorrow on NFL on CBS, Doubleheader welcomes you to the final week of the regular season. And playoff spots, they're still up for grabs. Check your local schedule for a full sled of games, including the Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins, all trying to improve their postseason positions. Coverage begins at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, with the NFL today, tomorrow on CBS. I wasn't correcting myself. The NFL Today is the name of the show. It's been around for like 30 years. That's tomorrow. Which, by the way, the Browns and Steelers are on CBS as well. Why aren't the Browns put in this? The Chiefs, the Chiefs got the number one seed. The Chiefs could put Len Dawson out there tomorrow. They're still going to get the number one seed. What the hell are we doing here? What the hell is this, Pierno? I'll, uh, I'll send you the name of the person that writes the copy, and you could uh, message me. No, I don't want to say nothing to him. I mean, we got Ian Eagle on the call with Charles Davis and Evan Washburn, who has some of the best hair in television. You ever seen Evan Washburn's hair? It's like a Lego guy's hair. It's perfect. Ian Eagle, one of the great voices of the NFL and college basketball and the New, York, and the New Jersey Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets. But that's not on this read? Browns keep having to close the facility. Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett, hello, hello. They're playing against each other tomorrow. 855-2124-CBS. By the way, did you find that, Pierno, before I get to these calls? What was the All question right? again? I said <laughs> I wanted you to check against my memory, but you're too busy talking to your real friend, Marco Belletti, because yeah. you, you and I don't like really like each other. And you would say, I like you, you just don't like me. So anyway, I said, the, are you watching the Outback Bowl today, 1230? You got number 11 Indiana in there, taking on Ole Miss. And you're like, bleh, bleh, bleh. and I go, I remember the first Outback Bowl. That was Auburn versus Penn State. Find out if I were right, uh, if I was right. I remember it being a very muddy mess. I remember it I remember it raining. I think it was Auburn and Penn State. Wait, what year? I don't know. The first Outback Bowl. You look it up. The you're first the one Outback with the computer. Bowl, wasn't that? Yes. It was, I think, ni- uh, 1986, Boston. No, Club. the Outback Bowl? The Outback Bowl, the restaurant, the Bloomin' yes, Onion, the steaks. Yes, yeah, I the know. First out, the first Outback Bowl was not in the 1980s. I can tell you that right now. Look it up. I'm looking at the Outback Bowl history right now. Year-by-year oh, year game oh. summaries. Well, someone's worked into a shoot. What's it say? No, I'm serious, because now you're annoying. December 23rd, 1986. 1986? Was it called something else? It, pr- it probably was. There you go. That's wise. Well, it's been the Outback Bowl for 30-plus years now, 20-plus years now. Man, Pierno just woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. No, don't, hey, don't don't get me started. Shouting me don't down Don't get me here. started. You know what? I'm not going to say. Top five subject coming up at 11 o'clock Eastern. Top five, top five things Pierno's upset about. Get to Dave in Hoover, Hoover, Alabama. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, Dave. Hey, man, great show. Listen, you know, Dabo Sweeney's not the only coach uh, that's put the size 14 shoe in his mouth that's come back to haunt him. You know, if you remember, in 17, Gus Malzahn, after beating number one Georgia, said, yeah, we just beat the dog crap out of him, didn't we? Well, Kirby recorded that, put it in the loop. Two weeks later, Auburn beats that number one Alabama, and then Auburn plays Georgia again in the SEC Championship. And the players, the week leading up to that game, caught in a loop. They heard, we just beat the dog crap out of them 3,400 times over a two-hour practice. So you think those players weren't tired of hearing that? So really did that? I, I don't know what these – oh, yeah, I don't know what these <laughs> – yeah, I, 
I'm a Georgia guy, unfortunately. I'm living here in Alabama, Auburn, Purgatory here in uh, in Hoover. So moved here eight years ago. But yeah, so and as far as Brian Kelly, I, I know how the guy feels. You know, it's like Georgia can win a big game. You beat Notre Dame twice, Oklahoma. We just can't win the game. That's the problem. Can I just can I can I run something by you here, Dave? You're, I'm not trolling you. Don't hate me for this, okay? I was I was doing an interview <laughs> okay. yesterday, and it was during the it was during the Cincinnati Georgia game, and I go, you know, the money that Georgia pours into their program, it's real, it's unbelievable. I I and there are teams like Michigan football has really suffered over a decade, and other program USC has has been on its ass at times, and Texas has been on its ass. But I, I think that Georgia probably has to be the most frustrating program since 1980, since the national championship, because it's been there, but it hasn't been there. It's always been around, and it's always like you're a bridesmaid. You're, you're up there in the photo, but you're never the bride. Am I wrong? Well, like yesterday, yeah, yesterday's problem was we had seven starters. We had four starters out on defense, mm-hmm. both starting corners, starting safety, starting middle linebacker, starting right tackle, starting center, and James Cook, the running back, Dalvin's brother, his father, their father passed away a few yep. days ago. So yep. he missed. So, you know, we had we had true freshmen scattered all over the field. So if Kirby continues to recruit, he's either been one, two, or three since he's yep. been there. If he continues to recruit at that level, and he's got some learning to do too as, as far as learning how to coach. You, know, you go from a coordinator to a head coaching job, it's not as easy as you think it is. It's true. No, I, it, it, he's but, done an exceptional job. No, Dave, you're right. He's done it, and thank you for the call. He's done an exceptional job recruiting. I just it, it just made me think yesterday. I, I watched watch him through the Mark Richt years, and they, they did pretty good then. Yeah, I, I, the Donnan years, all that stuff. And you see him, they're always, like, close. And I go, man, there's, there's no reason why they shouldn't have something here. There should be another national championship other than just then. The running back, you know, it's running back you – They've always had good linebackers, good strong linebackers. There's always got to be something there. I know that's a total non sequitur of what we're talking about, but I'm just watching that last night, and I do think what what you just mentioned, what Dave in Hoover, Alabama just mentioned, you know, this is the problem now. It's been it's actually been going on a couple of years now, but it will continue to grow. Is if you ain't in the national championship picture and you're one of those teams, forget about it. Guys, got to go get ready for the NFL. Yeah, I heard Dan Mullen's comments the other day, and I said, man, if, if Dan Mullen's upset now, you better get used to it, buddy boy, because if you're not in the Final Four, if you're not in the playoffs, if they expand it to eight, and you have your chance to expand it to eight coming up, the NFL looks like they're going to switch it to 17 games here very soon, maybe by 2021, and when they get that 17 game, be 17th game so they don't get so nobody gets sued over the entire thing, then I bet you can have that eight-game playoff or that eight-team playoff and do it that way. And I've I've tried to argue against it, I think I found a fun way to make it even more fun, and I'm going to bring that up a little bit later on. But if you're not in that college football playoff, man, and you're one of those schools like Cincinnati, there might be one or two guys who have that chance and they move on, and that's fine. But a lot of guys at Cincinnati, they're going to play a fourth year. They're going to play for pride. They're really going to light it up and play for pride. That's what you get out of those group of five schools. If you go to a place like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, da 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 yeah, they're just going to go. It's okay. Like, Dan Mullen was upset yesterday. I'm sorry, buddy. Get used to it. Ain't going to change very anytime soon. And this is a business transaction now. Michael, Coleman, Alabama. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, you know, Bear Bryant, Bear Bryant always taught that the team that wins the time of possession has the best chance to win. And Ohio State showed Clemson that they could do that. They had Clemson players falling out, cramping up. 
And that's what worries me as a Bama fan. Uh, I, our scheme is to basically overpower you with the pass, and I don't necessarily like that versus running the ball. And, uh, you know, Sarkeesian has brought that to us. He's brought Heisman candidates to us. But in the end, championships are won by time of possession. And right now, Clemson, uh, Ohio State looks like the team that's going to get the time of possession on Bama. Well, I think you may be right about that. Now, I would look at it and say, and I've watched, I've watched just about every every Alabama game so far this year. It seems to be that they are just, I don't know if they're head and shoulders above the rest, but they're certainly head above the rest, everybody, when it comes to the talent on that team. And now, and Michael, thank you very much for the call. We get into the motivation factor of it. I, I don't want to make too big a deal about this, but I think a deal has to be made. You had a Clemson team that was in the national championship last year. They, they they played for a national championship and I believe won a national championship the year before. You got an Ohio State team that hasn't won with Ryan Day. They're fresh. They're new. There's new motivation. You breathe new life into it. I thought that while they had, had played an exceedingly high level with Urban Meyer, it kind of became, in their own way, stagnant. If, if, if you can use that word with a top three team year in and year out, it kind of became that way because there is just an expectation. So when you need to, need to dig down against a team like Iowa on the road when you lose to Nate Stanley, when you are need to dig down against Purdue, when you need to do those type of things, it's it's going to be hard to do that. It's going to be pretty hard to, to pull that out and to push forward. And now that you have Ryan Day, there's a natural motivation. What Nick Saban does – Every year, and I've got this from writers down there in Alabama and everybody who's covered him, he always creates something. He always creates a problem, whether it's inward and he accuses guys of getting ready too soon for the NFL before they've earned it, whether it's inward but with the fans where he called out the student section, whether it's the media, whether it's other teams. He always creates a motivating factor, and I think that that cannot be understated because you can have great talent. Great talent can create hubris really quickly. You have to keep them on their up and up, and Saban does that. That's why I think it'll be close. I still wouldn't worry if I'm an Alabama fan. All you guys next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.